You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Across the left field deep, Bam going back, looking up, he will watch it fly! And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal for Yelich! Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's the 3-2 to Jed. Swung on a fly ball to right. Biggio going back, still going back. Nearing the track, at the track, right to the wall. It's off the wall. He crashes into the wall. Now here's Chapman around third to score easily. Biggio gets up, plays the ball back to the infield. It's a double to right by Lowry. And the A's take a 1-0 lead. Here's the 1-2 on the way. And that's swung on lifted to left field. Back under Hernandez, turning around at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And Piscotti has hit it out. And the A's unloading on Mats. It's now 3-0 Athletics in the second. Now the 1-0 pitch to Ramon is swung on a high fly ball to left. Hernandez going back at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And well up into the seats and left. And Laureano has homered in back-to-back games. And the Athletics take a 5-3 lead. And here's the pitch. Swung on and missed. And Jake Deakman with a 1-2-3 lights out ninth inning with two strikeouts. Preserves the win for the A's. The A's 18th. After 30 games, the A's are 18 and 12. Final score, the A's 5 and the Blue Jays 4. Here's Chris Townsend. Another quality ball game for the Oakland Athletics yesterday against the Toronto Blue Jays after a terrific game Sunday, beating Baltimore 7-5. They come back and take care of the Toronto Blue Jays, 5-4. They've won 18 of their last 24 to improve to 18-12, which, yes, is the best record in the American League. We've got a great show for you today. Fran Reardon, who once was the manager of the greatest offensive baseball team in the history of the game, the Las Vegas Aviators. They're going to get going on Thursday We got Fran from Las Vegas, of course, AAA manager. He's been the one running the alternate site, whether in San Jose or Stockton. He'll be here at 415. Dave Stewart, A's legend, will be here at 430 before he broadcasts tonight with Brody Brazil on NBC Sports California. And then your shortstop, Elvis Andrus, will be here at 5 o'clock. So, Fran Reardon at 4.15, Dave Stewart at 4.30, Elvis Andrus at 5 o'clock. I tried to get into my Twitter account. Something's hacked. Have I been hacked? I've never actually seen this before. Uh, well, my Twitter account has never been hacked. I don't know why anyone wanna, would want to hack my Twitter account, but I've never seen this. And I don't know, you might want to get on them to look at these prompt messages. Uh, well, yeah, you might want to figure this out. It's I don't know if it's life or death here with Twitter, but um, maybe you can ask Vince. I think Vince had problems with his Twitter account before. He might be able to give shed some light on the situation. But that was a nice win for the quality win for the A's last night against a very young and exciting baby Jays team. 
with uh, Stephen Matz on the mound. Now, tonight we're going to see Anthony Kay, uh, who? Yeah, former Met Anthony Kay. Um, who? Yeah, that's, that's who it is exactly. But uh, Ramon Laureano, stay hot, kid. Five home runs in his last 11 games, three in three days. Jed Lowry back-to-back, three hit games. Remember when everyone was starting to panic about Jed? His batting I, I was never panicking about Jed. Uh, I don't know if you follow Ace Twitter, which I do. A lot of Ace fans, uh, see the Jed's hot start's over. Then all of a sudden Jed hits, gets uh, six hits in, three, in two games, and he's the greatest hitter in the world again. And then Frankie Montas, quality start, exactly what we talked about, what the A's needed from him. He had a little rough uh, third inning. But he, he battled through it and got six quality innings for the A's, and they go on to win 5-4, and here we are. Best record in the American League. Not the best record in baseball, unfortunately, the Giants winning percentage-wise do, and they put up a 10 spot in the first inning against the Rockies. So they're playing a doubleheader in Colorado. But uh, it was a nice win for the A's, and we'll see what they can carry on tonight with maybe the A's uh, most consistent pitcher the last three or so starts, Cole Irvin on the mound tonight. Well, the bullpen right now – yeah, Ramon Laureano's the story, so is the bullpen. Bullpen is 6-0 and with a 2.28 ERA, and they've converted each of their eight save chances. That has been absolutely huge for Bob Melvin. I mean huge for Bob Melvin. And the fact that, you know, you're not going to – it is what it is. You're not going to get – a lot of innings out of your starters anytime soon. I would like to see it. I mentioned it last night that, you know, a guy like Frankie Montas, the way he's built, you think Frankie would uh, be able to give you more than what he's given you? I'd like to see him being a seven, eight-inning type guy. When you're, when you're 6'2", 255 pounds and built like a linebacker, I'd like to see that. I'd like for him, that's like him to view himself as that guy. As that guy, every five days, Bob Melvin knows I'm going to go deep into a game and I'm going to help with the bullpen. I mean, let's face it, we're, we're in a stretch of 17 straight games. 17. I mean, I have a day off until Monday. This is a lot of baseball that they've been playing. By the way, just to kind of give you a heads up, the, the, the Marcus Simeon tour continues. We're going to have him tomorrow, right? Yeah, well, I'm waiting for the Jays to confirm a time with us for Marcus. They told me yesterday that it looks like Wednesday they're going to confirm a time with us. We saw uh, just two Cal guys having a conversation down on the field, Bob Melvin and Marcus Simeon. Uh, give you a little bit of A's news real quick. Uh, Aramis Garcia placed on the injured list. Austin Allen recalled from Las Vegas, although Vegas hasn't started the season yet. Austin Allen back for the A's, Garcia on the IL. That just came out. We just got the email about it. So, What's his injury? Uh, it was a – let me pull that up. I probably should have looked at that. It is a uh, – due to viral and enteritis. So am I saying that right? I'm not a doctor, but here, I'll pull it up for you. It's right there. V- viral – sounds like he's – I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm not a doctor. Well, that's I, I, that's my better half is a person in the medical profession. She could tell me what that is. What is it? Here, put, put that, put it up again. Let me see. That's what Google's for. It's a viral. Yeah, here. Viral e n t e. Here we go. Viral enteritis. See, this is, why we, this is why we work in broadcasting, folks. Not he's got middle. he's got a stomach bug or flu. That that really? Yeah, that's what it is. Interesting. It's not that hard to look up, Cody. You just kind of put it into 
I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know how to use Google. Yeah, yeah. It's this thing called Google. It's been around for a while. I'm a millennial. I don't use Google. I use uh, whatever the newest one kids are using. Yeah, I mean, that's, is Ask uh, Jeeves still around? So no, I I wonder. I I don't know if Ask Jeeves. You know, what? speaking of Fran coming up here in a few minutes, I'm so happy for these kids to get their careers back. It's been 18 months. I mean, for a lot of us who have been fortunate to work during the pandemic, but I think there's people out there that you're either listening live or you've downloaded A's Cast Live, and we're approaching a, a big number coming no, no, up here. We yeah. can't talk about it? Don't spoil it. Let's wait till we get there. Uh, we're approaching a very big number of downloads for uh, A's Cast, and at some point I think we'll put out a press release, but thank all of you who do listen live or people who download it, thank you very much for your support. Uh, we knew this would be successful. I didn't think we'd th- – I didn't – I don't think we had the vision it would be this successful. Yeah, especially after last year with the shortened season and we were able to carry content for, what, eight months for a while without baseball and all the hard work everyone's put in f- through it. Then we had the season, and then we went through the off season again, and here we are, a full season. We're back at it again. But, yeah, the appreciation that we have for everyone that listens and downloads and Gives us feedback on, you know, not just through text or Twitter or whatever when, when we see people. It's very much appreciated. So a lot of good stuff coming up. We'll, we'll be working on more and more stuff during the season. Um, so just stay tuned for more exciting content on AceCast. But the fact that we're talking 18 months. Can you imagine you, you, you only get one shot at it? And you want to be a professional baseball player. And you want to make it to the big leagues. And this is your shot. And to have that taken away, you know, only so many guys got to go to the alternate site. Now, there were young players last year in San Jose at San Jose Muni, the home of the San Jose Giants and San Jose State Spartans, where I played. Football school. But that was a – they used to have football there. But Bill Walsh coached a football team at San Jose Muni. Do you know that? I I mean, I knew he coached there, but I didn't know that they played there. No, it was our football it, fields next right across no, the street. No, you know, it wasn't San Jose State. He never he played at San Jose State. He never coached oh. at San Jose State. Well, I, I just know that they their, their stadium now is across the street from you. Yeah, no, that that stadium's been there forever. No, there was a it was all turf, and there was some football team that uh, Bill Walsh coached at San Jose Muni. But the alternate site there was, you know, they had young players, Soderstrom and other guys mixed with the old guys. But this season. It was just guys that could potentially help the big club in the first month of the season. So, but there's so many players and so many organizations that they've been out of a job. And who knows? I mean, I, I you know, that's something maybe we can ask David Force next Friday. Like, how did it work? And how's it worked for most, most organizations? How, were there guys that just called it a career and said, I'm done? Did everybody come back? I mean, you had a limited draft of only five guys. Remember, after the fifth round, you could sign players, but the maximum you could pay them was thirty thousand dollars. I think it was twenty, actually. Was it twenty? I thought yeah. it was thirty. It's somewhere around. Either way, it wasn't as One what they big were getting. Money. Yeah, it wasn't what they would make if they were getting drafted, you know, somewhere else, or you know, staying staying in college and coming out maybe being a higher round draft pick this year. We got the draft coming up. Uh, hopefully, we do another, another draft show, and I'll, I can do another mock draft and prove all the draft analysts wrong again. Uh, 
your Colorado Rockies are fighting back already. No. It's now 10 to 4, Giants. Rockies are back up off the deck. The rock pile, baby. Well, hey, when you've been around for 30 plus, almost 30 years, you never won a division title. Uh, hopefully the Rockies can come back because, uh, I mean, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to see the Giants do well, but they're doing well. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things, the Rockies, we thought they were going to struggle, and they, they really have. I mean, they have been brutal to watch. But oh, well, the Giants are the Giants are five and one versus the Rockies so far this year. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful Coors Field is beautiful. Haven't been, but I plan on it. It's a beautiful ballpark, but it's just so ridiculous. I mean, the outfield. You asked me the other day, do I think they'll ever win a division? I'm like, it's just too tough to play in elevation, and really, maybe they should employ the four outfielders. Because you need four out. I mean, there, there's so much territory to cover on that field because they had to make it so big because of, because of elevation. It's just – it's crazy. But I can't imagine doing those games day in and day out because Giants put up a 10 spot in the first inning. Now, they've scored four. Are you going to be shocked if this game turns out to be like 15 to 13? Uh, not at all. And uh, we're not quite there yet. But I, I, I think we might be uh, having – we might have to owe Buster, Buster Posey an apology at some point. He has seven home runs already this year. Now, let me let me add that I think five of them have been at either Coors Field, um, T-Mobile Park, or Citizens Bank in Philly. So all you know, hitters' ballparks. So when, if he starts hitting some at uh, Oracle Park, then I'll start believing that Buster Posey's back. But he's uh, he has seven home runs. Brandon Bell has a grand slam in that game. But let me give you some uh, A's numbers. A's are facing a lefty for the – Third consecutive game. These are eight and three versus lefties this year. They're not the White Sox last year versus left-handed pitching, but uh, they're getting there. Remember how good the White Sox were, and you couldn't start a left-handed or left-hander against them. But right now, Cole Irvin on the mound for the A's. His last three starts or 17 in the third innings pitched. He's allowed three runs and struck out 20 with a 1.56 ERA. Is that any good? Any good for a guy that before this year no one even knew who he was? I had no clue who he was until Kevin Franzen said to us our. our our friend Franny said, yeah, you want to interview him. He's really, really good. And then we had him. He was, like, going go-kart racing. Yeah. So yeah. we got him right before he was going, going, yeah, this guy actually is really good. And he said some funny stuff. He's talking about, you know, the whole riding the wave. His, his fiancé is a surfer. I mean, Cole Irvin was a guy that you thought once Mike Fires was back would be on the way out. But he's he's earned his stripes, 2-3 and three with a 3.67 ERA. And the thing that I've really liked about Cole Irvin is he pounds the strike zone. We have to get into – I was sent this article today by one of the A's coaches, and it's a Bleacher Report article. That's pretty fascinating. It is. I read it. And it and, and it's going against that one article Jason Stark, the Hall of Famer. Wrote yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's like there's like two different articles. One article, article is saying uh, there's no difference in the ball. This article is saying there's a dramatic difference in the ball. Hitters are tracking toward yet another strikeout record by whiffing 24.3% of their plate appearances. But what was the number in April? I think I, I don't have the number in front of me. Yesterday I said it was like 6,900-something to 5,800 hits somewhere around there in the month of April. That's not any good. And uh, That article is very good, and I'll give you one Cole Irvin number. I, I went and looked. He's throwing strikes 68% of the time in, in his la- in, you know, over the span of his last three starts. 68% of the time he's throwing strikes. He pounds the strike zone. Don't walk anybody. Pound the strike zone. Utilize your defense behind you. 
I mean, you got plus defenders almost everywhere on the diamond. The only one that I would say is not plus would be Jed Lowry, but Jed doesn't kill you. Jed makes all the plays that are at him. I mean, he just doesn't have the range that he once had, and you don't need Jed to be Roberto Alomar or Joe Morgan, for God's sakes. Jed hits, but Jed does not hurt you as a defender. Elvis is a terrific slick shortstop. I know he's made a couple errors, but I like Elvis at short. Chapman, Olsen, I mean, Canna, Loriano, Piscotti. Utilize your – pound the strike zone and utilize your defense. And if you do that, you're going to win games. And Cole Irvin is not – until further notice, he's not leaving this rotation anytime soon. And who knows when Jesus Lazardo is going to be back. And then when he comes back, we don't know what they're going to do with him. Maybe that's something we can also ask David and Bob, Bob Melvin, the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Maybe we can ask both of them. Hey, when he comes back, because I'm assuming he can't throw. He's got like a little something on his pinky. Yeah, so I, I've seen him in the dugout a few times. All righty, earlier today, we headed down to Vegas. What was it? I was on the Aviators website. What did I say it was? Uh, mask up, Vegas up or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's they, uh, They're exciting, man. Uh, remember when when Fran was the manager in 2019 when he won the uh, what was he manager of the year 2019 man he was the manager of the year in oh, the uh, mask on Vegas on yeah is the new slogan S- in Las Vegas Seth Brown was the team leader in home runs he had 37 home runs in 2019 in Vegas and how about here's the other one hashtag Vegas smart okay well that's interesting yeah here is my conversation with the manager of the Las Vegas Aviators the great. Fran Reardon. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, he's the 2019 PCL Manager of the Year, Fran Reardon. Fran, 2019 seems like forever ago. Yeah, it's it seems like a lot longer than uh, you know 18 months ago. But uh, I know a lot of guys have waited a long time to start the season, and and here we go. We open up in two days here in Las Vegas. How excited are you, your staff, your team? to finally, as you mentioned, 18 months and to finally get back on the field? Well, I, I, you, you can't overstate the excitement. You know, we, we've had 18 months, and that the 18 months has seemed like an eternity. You know, we've had two alternate sites in there, half a spring training last year, um, a full spring training this year, and, you know, now we're in Las Vegas. The guys are ready to go, chomping at the bit. Just the fact that we're going to have competitive baseball and the games are going to mean mean something and the, the fans are going to come out. It's just a very exciting time and uh, to a man, players, coaches, front office, fans, everyone's very excited. And I got to think your fan base is excited. You guys do great in attendance and, and I guess you're going to be at 50% capacity. I'm sure all those uh, aviator fans are chomping at the bit to get come back to the ballpark. Well, you know, we had a special year in 2019. Um, you know, we packed the house every every night. There's between 10 and 12,000 people here. They supported us. We had a very good team. We were entertaining. We hit a lot of home runs. We were we were exciting, and the fans really rallied around our ball club, opening up the new stadium and and just just all aspects of it was so special. And then to, to not have a season last year, uh, I think really kind of hurt the momentum of what what's going on here in Las Vegas. But to, to be able to play again, I think the fans are going to 
you know, just come out and drove just to, to get behind this ball club and, and baseball in Las Vegas. Well, and let's be honest about your offense. We, we joked with you in 2019 that you're the manager of the greatest offensive team the game has ever seen. I mean, your offense was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was it was just good hitting, and it didn't matter it didn't matter what spot in the lineup came up. There was there was opportunity for damage in, in, in all all lineup spots, and and like we've talked about before, we hit over 250 home runs that year, broke the Las Vegas home run record by probably 60, and it, it was just a really fun brand of baseball that the fans really loved, and it was a very special offensive team that year. What do you think some of these players really learned about themselves at the alternate site, whether it was San Jose or Stockton? Well, I, I think that's player dependent. I mean, everyone's different, and every player got something different out of the alternate sites. But I, I think you learned that you were you were fortunate to be invited to the alternate site. A lot of great players were sitting at home last year when we were in San Jose. Uh, there are a lot of great players in our organization that didn't get an opportunity this year at the alternate site. And I think the guys appreciated that, understood it, and then they took that in, into their work accordingly, where they, you know, whether they were competing against another team or not, they did their work and they tried to get better with, with some urgency. And that's really the only way to get better if you don't have a season, which was the case last year. And I think our guys did a great job of that. And then, I think a lot of guys got quite a bit better. And for you guys, I, I mean, you guys are teachers at heart. I talk to Bob Melvin about this all the time. You know, everybody just thinks about winning baseball games. But you guys are coaches, you're teachers. What was that like for you and the staff at the alternate site? Well, each one was different. We had a lot of young guys at our alternate site last year. Um, it was a, a huge mix of age from anywhere from 18 to, to 34 and, you know, the younger guys were soaking in as much as they could from the older veteran-type players. This year's alternate site was a little bit different, where it was more AAA roster-ready and guys that, you know, had an opportunity immediately to go help the major league club. So the, the, the all-sites were a little bit different. But at the same time, you know, everyone needs to get better. And this, this holds true for every minor leaguer, every major leaguer, and the same things that Bob Melvin talks about teaching and, and helping guys become the best version of themselves applies at the alternate site, applies in AAA, applies to all levels of the minor league. So it, it was an opportunity to have a lot more one-on-one -on -one time to talk about players' individual strength and places where they need to improve and, you know, just kind of matching up their work with who they wanted to become as players to become productive major leaguers. And I know you have to mix it up and have some fun. And I'm a member out at Cinnabar Hills, and I know you guys showed up there a few times because uh, they would tell me, hey, your guys were here yesterday, so you got a little golf in. I mean, you had to make it some fun too, right? Oh, yeah. And, and golf was a huge part of that because that was one of the only approved activities that we could do and, and do together in a safe way following the protocols. And I tell you what, Cinnabar Hills is one of my favorite tracks. We wore that place out. And, uh, you know, we, we had we had four scrambles that we would have maybe once every 10 days and we go out there, you know, players and staff and we, we would compete against each other and have fun. And it was a, it was a great way to get away from the struggles of, you know, the protocols and the testing and the, 
the grind of just competing every day against ourselves. And uh, golf is a great way to just kind of let everyone take a deep breath, relax, and have some fun. You know, one of the things that's going to be interesting about this ball club that you're rolling out here on Thursday, which hopefully we're going to air the game here on A's Cast because it's a, a day game for the athletics, is your starting rotation. You have a mature starting rotation. I know it's tough to pitch in Vegas. I, you know, it just it, it is what it is. But what do you think about your starters? I, I, I think we have a lot of starters that uh, are, are different. Um, other than the fact they all throw with their right hand, <laughs> um, but they all have, they all have great stuff. They all throw strikes and they're all true competitors. And I've seen, I've seen these guys coming up. I've seen these guys in AAA. I've seen the pitch in the big leagues and to a man, they, they are going to feed off of each other. And the fact that, you know, they're not going to give up the, the three run home runs that they're walking two guys. They're going to, they're going to attack hitters. And most of the starters have played here in Vegas. And they understand that you can really get hurt when you give guys free passes. And if you want to find out how good your stuff is in Las Vegas, you throw quality strikes and the hitters will tell you how good your stuff is. So I, I, I just think that we have five guys that are poised to do that and five guys that could possibly help the major league team if the need arises. Do you ever get to a point to where you pull a player aside and you say to him, you know, don't worry about the numbers. You're throwing the ball great. Because I know we've talked to David Force before saying you just can't judge the, a guy on his numbers down there because it's such an offensive game. And, of course, we all know about the juice baseball that's been used. So do you ever pull a guy aside and talk to him about that? Absolutely. And I think sometimes the guys only look at their numbers. And even if they feel great with how the ball's coming out of their hand and their stuff and their velocity – if they're not getting success numbers wise, then they start to get beat down with their confidence. And you have to have another perspective of someone that's looking at things differently and tell them, Hey, you're throwing the ball. Well, you just need to keep doing it. And the law of averages will get, will get your numbers better. And you can't let the, the atmosphere, the environment dictate how you throw you have to you have to be yourself you have to throw quality strikes you have to mix and match and change speeds and if you do that effectively you're going to have success and it doesn't matter if it's las vegas it doesn't matter if it's oakland a good pitch is still a good pitch and sometimes you know when when pitchers are so you know involved with just results they can't see the forest through the trees and therefore bad outings start to pile up on them so i think the sooner you can get somebody back to where they feel comfortable and confident going out there where they're not so results oriented. They're just competing against the hitter, which is the, obviously the key to, to great pitching. Then the sooner they're going to have that success. How important is it to have great communication amongst all the skippers in the organization with Bob Melvin, with the front office and David's David force, to where you guys are all talking to each other about guys who are coming up to AAA or you may be getting a guy from AA or A-ball. How big is the communication? Hey, I mean, it's huge. You know, I, I text quite a bit with, with, with Bomel and, uh, you know, I just had just FaceTime with Bobby Crosby, who's about to manage his first game in, in about an hour in, in uh, Frisco and AA. And you, you develop relationships with these other managers and coaches throughout the organization, and the minor leagues and the major leagues. And, you know, we're all in it for the same reason. We, we all want success at the major league level. 
We all want to get the players in the minor leagues better so they can go up and, and produce and, and be great major league players. And communication is a big part of that. And just simply talking about movement and, and what player is coming to your ball club and things that he may be working on, it just makes everything kind of flow from the top down or the, you know, the lower levels up so that everyone's on the same page and a player can go from one level to the next and still work on the same things and still get better on a daily basis and still do the things he needs to do to become a productive major leaguer. Let's end on this. I don't think people really understand how Vegas has just exploded with sports from the Knights in the NHL, now the Raiders with the NFL and your guys' popularity. I just talk about how Vegas, which you know people never thought about Vegas as a sports town, but it has now become a great sports town. You know, it really has, and it, it's not even a, a sleeper great sports town anymore. It is a legitimate, wonderful sports town. You know, you have the Raiders that just moved here. You have the, the Golden Knights, who, as an expansion team three years ago, made it to the, the Stanley Cup Finals, and this year they're again in first place. And the, the support that they get, you have the Aviators, who, uh, you know, broke attendance records in, in the PCL in 2019, and just the the – atmosphere in Las Vegas with, with all the different sports is so just electric that it's a, it's a really fun place to be and a really fun thing to be a part of. Well, it's going to be great to have you guys back. I'm so happy for you guys. You know, be well and be safe down there in Vegas, and let's talk soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Fran Reardon, friend of the program. Let me tell you something. Mark my words. I don't know when it's going to happen. Las Vegas will have a Major League Baseball team. Baseball would be stupid not to put a team there. As baseball wants to expand to 32 teams, I, I, I don't know how exactly how it's going to work. You know, people have talked about Nashville, Montreal, Whatever that area is in the Carolinas, it's like the Tri-something. I think it's in North Carolina. Yeah, I can see Charlotte or Raleigh having a team. Uh, Portland has been brought up. Rains a lot there. Better be a dome or a retractable roof. Oh, it would. <laughs> well, kind of. Or they, snowing. They all, they all would have to be a retractable roof. I mean, if you're going to do it in Vegas, you're not going to. It'd be a lot like what they did with Arizona, even though Arizona now wants a new ballpark. But. That, that's the thing. It's like now that the, the Las Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights, have had such great success as an expansion team, and the Raiders, they immediately sold out, and it looks the Raiders stadium. And I know there's a lot of A's fans don't want to hear this, but, yeah, the Raiders <laughs> stadium, uh, I got to see the outside of it when we went to Las Vegas to take on the Cleveland Indians for spring training, and we stayed at the Bellagio, and it's just on the other side. The Death Star is just on the other side of the – well, it's not really a Death Star after that season that they just had. But you can see it. It looks beautiful, and in all the pictures inside, I can't wait to go to a Raider game. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Vegas has become a major sports town. Now that, they're, now that the leagues are over the gambling thing, there's going to be a team in Las Vegas. There's no question. You said the Death Star, and the first thing I thought of was the Force is strong in this one. Because today is May the 4th. Oh, my Be with God. You. Oh, my. 
You realize what a nerd I'm working with? He's got Star Wars socks. He's got Star Wars shirt. My mask is Star Wars, as Austin Powers would say. Nerd alert! <laughs> like, I had no idea, and he went, Happy May the 4th. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, and tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo, so we got like we got back-to-back, to back to, or as Star Wars fans call it, tomorrow is Revenge of the 5th. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to working with me for the third year now. Wow. <laughs> I mean, on that note, Dave Stewart will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the throw is going to be in time at the plate. Laureano firing a strike all the way on the And you're listening to A's Cast, your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Do not forget, tonight at 6 o'clock when you get home, you can see A's pregame live with Brody Brazil and our guy Dave Stewart. That'll be at 6 o'clock. First pitch is going to be at 640. Uh, from the A's cast standpoint, you can listen coming up here at 540. will be A's total access. Then first pitch will be at 640. It's 640 or 645? 640. 640. You think I'd know by now it's been the same This time. isn't San Francisco. We don't do 645. 640. All righty. A's legend, Dave Stewart, right here on A's Cast Live. Our next guest here on A's Cast Live is an absolute A's legend. He's a three-time World Series champion. He's a World Series MVP, two-time ALCS MVP, led the American League in wins. He's in the A's Hall of Fame. He's an all-star and, of course, won the Roberto Clemente Award. And he's now a TV star. Dave Stewart with us. Stu, how are you? I'm doing absolutely outstanding. How about you? Uh, well, with the A's winning, I think from our standpoint here on A's Cast Live and your standpoint on NBC Sports California, we've had a lot more to talk about. Makes it better than it was that first six games, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I, and I remember watching you and, and you're talking about you got to have patience. But, you know, the fans were ready to jump off the cliff after those first six games. Well, you know what? They, they've notoriously shown that. The beginning of the season is not their best time of the season, with the exception actually of last year. They got out of the gate pretty good in the in the shortened season, but I mean they just have not been notorious for starting off quickly. And so you got to give them a little time and let and, and and nothing's happening in this season that hasn't happened in seasons before. Bits and pieces are coming together slowly, and before it all starts to gel, and and then they're really going to take off. And the bullpen. Stu has just been locked down and phenomenal. What are you seeing with this bullpen? Well, guys are starting to get comfortable in their roles. When that phone rings, they know who or they have just about as good an idea as, as you can of who's going to be coming into the game at that time. Uh, and so it helps them to mentally prepare themselves and get ready uh, to go in the baseball game and face the hitter that they're going to be facing. You know, knowing your role down there is, is so important for, for those relievers. Yeah, no doubt. And take us through what that's like as a pitching coach when you have this bullpen and you know who's hot, who's not, and you don't want to just run the same guys out there because you don't want to burn them out early. Well, you don't. But but as a, you know, 
the manager uh, is always going to have guys that he absolutely will only pitch in a positive role. Um, those are the guys that pitch when the game is tied or when the game is ahead. Then you've got your guys that, that pitch in, in, in not such, not as big a pressure roles, guys that will pitch probably one run down or when, or when the, or when the team is behind. Um, and, and quite frankly, that, that usually works out well, unless you're on a tremendous losing streak, then everybody's pitching in negative roles. But usually it works out good that you've got your negative role guys, you've got your positive role guys, you've got your closer, you've got your, your setup. Those situations usually end up being exactly as uh, you want them to be. You know, right now, Bob Melvin and Marcus Simeon are on the field having a chat. Uh, what was it like for you to come back as a Toronto Blue Jay to Oakland? You know, um, I don't remember when I came back to Oakland. I can tell you what, they didn't give me the greeting that they gave Marcus Simeon last <laughs> night, that's for sure. <laughs> now, I do remember, but I do remember facing the A's in Toronto, and I believe the first time I faced them was in Toronto. And that was a that was a strange feeling to have to face McGuire um, and some of the guys that I had played with, and now to have them on the other side of the fence and 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 have to compete against them. It was a really really strange feeling. Like obviously you have your own scouting report on them. How, how did you do against the A's? I was successful against them. Uh, I remember the game in Toronto. I was successful against them. Uh, What's crazy is they, my pitching style um, didn't change very much. And those guys knew exactly how I was going to come after them. And um, I did, I I pitched well against them in Toronto. You know, a lot of people, I don't think, remember you as a Toronto Blue Jay. But obviously you won a World Series there. And you played on some great, great Blue Jay teams. I did. Um, you know, playing with, uh, the, you know, the first name that comes to mind is Joe Carter. Um, that was the year that they were one, two, and three in the American League batting title with Al- Olrud, Alomar, and Molitor um, being one, two, and three in the batting title in the American League. Um, Devon White uh, was my center fielder. I mean, I had played with some really, really good players on that team. Jack Morse was in the starting rotation. Pat Henkin was a young young pitcher who eventually went on to win a Cy Young, Todd Stottlemyre, Juan Guzman. Um, we had Tom Henke uh, on the back end with Dwayne Ward, uh, which both of those guys ended up being closers at the major league level. So we really had a, a, a really, really good team. And you, know, you can't forget Cheeto Gaston, the manager of that team, uh, one of the best managers and who could possibly end up being a Hall of Fame manager. You know, I think about the Toronto Blue Jays now, Stu. I mean, just how crazy is it to think – they're going to be going on two years, and they haven't been in Toronto. I mean, they, they were in Buffalo last year. Now they're at their spring training facility in Florida. And Dan Shulman, their longtime play-by-play man, told us yesterday that soon they're going to be leaving their spring training site, and they're going back to Buffalo. I mean, they've just been on this road odyssey, and they've had success, and they got, they got some great young talent. But just how tough is that when you really don't have a home? It was really difficult for the players um, and their families, uh, without a doubt, uh, not having a home, uh, not knowing when you're going to actually play in Toronto. 
Um, as you know, their 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 uh, COVID protocol has been really strict up there, and so they're not allowing people into the country. <clears throat> um, and so that's uh, that's been been real difficult. And like I said, for the players and their families, um, at one point you're in spring training and and now you're opening your season there. And then to be told that, hey, we're going to play X amount of days here and then we're going up to Buffalo and that's going to be our home. And probably at some point they will get the opportunity to play in Toronto. But I really think that is extremely difficult on, on family life. You know, our first month of the season's in the books and already the talk about how strikeouts are at a record level. Um, the baseball we're finding out is different, seems a little bit higher. Uh, they're getting more spin rate uh, on fastballs and breaking balls. Uh, what are you seeing with today's game and the strikeouts just way out of control? Uh, I mean, the strikeouts are out of control um, because, one, I mean, we're, we're, when you're talking about launch angle, um, I'm not sure that the players are really grasping what that is about. Um, it's, 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 since that term has come in the game, strikeouts have gone up. So what, what basically is happening is the, the hitters where their where their launch angle or their swing is in a more upward type swing, pitchers are being taught to pitch in that, I guess what you would call it, that gap or that opening in their swing. Um, which creates a situation where they're swinging through the ball. And so, um, you know, the analytics, the scientifics of the game um, have just created a, 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 a – it's really created a poor situation offensively. Yeah. How much when you were the general manager of the D-backs did you look at analytics to build, to build your team? I looked at it a little bit. Um, the D-backs were a little bit behind – when it came to analytics, and believe it or not, I'm a guy who everyone said didn't believe in analytics. Um, I started the first portion of their analytical program when I got there. They didn't have one before I got there. So my first year, we were just looking at slips of paper that were, were basically being generated by a, by a group of four. Uh, most people's analytics departments are 24. <clears throat> um, so um, I did use some of the information um, that was given to us, but um, still had to rely heavily on my my pro scouts and uh, my advanced scouting. You know, when I, I think about lack of offense and we need to get more balls in play, and one of the things we've talked about, is the shift good or is the shift bad for baseball? First, as a pitcher, would you have liked to have the shift behind you as you pitched? Uh, I personally know I don't have an appreciation for the shift. Um, I, I think it's tough enough to pitch out there um, than to have to pitch in situations where um, balls that would normally be outs and you don't have anybody positioned there to get them. Now, I guess baseball will say that a lot of outs are being taken, um, but uh, I, I'd much rather take my chances with traditional uh, with traditional fielding and uh, see how that works. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a traditional guy and, and really believe that your infielders should be where they are, um, that the outs are just tough to come by, and, and you'd hate for a mistake out uh, to cause you a baseball game. You know, is it just, I mean, you, you being an agent, is it just we're at a point that 
guys who hit home runs get paid. So as long as home runs pay, we're not going to see guys trying to beat the shift. We're not going to see guys trying to bunt because you don't you, you don't make money that way. Well, I think what you're going to see. I mean, people say home runs pay, pay, but um, I had a I had a client, uh, Chris Carter. Um, who uh, one year hit 40 home runs, drove in 110. He hit uh, 220 and struck out almost 200 times. And the next year he was a free agent. He was not re- he was not re-signed. His his, uh, his contract was non-tendered. So I, I think that there is something to be said about hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, but I do believe that there's also something to be said about hitting the ball out of the ballpark, driving in runs, and hitting for an average. You know, Tony LaRusso always talked about winning series. If you win every series, you end up winning the World Series. But just talk about how that truly is important because we're in a situation now where teams win their division winning 107, 106 games. And to get to that point, Stu, don't you have to be consistent throughout the entire year? Well, we played on – I played on a couple of teams that we won over 100 games. And I got to tell you what, it's a good feeling to know that you're going to go on and you're going to win two out of three in, in just about every series that you play in. Um, that, that's a great feeling. And, and quite frankly, it is pretty much a confirmation that you're going to make the playoffs and whatever happens once you get in the playoffs happens. Obviously the best team doesn't always win in the playoffs or in the world series because we lost to the Dodgers. That's for sure. And they beat us. They beat us soundly, but I really felt that even today we were the better team. Let's end on this. I mean, you've had a remarkable career. You've been around so many great people. I mean, uh, in the past, your, your Sandy Koufax story is always awesome. But other, be, other than being a player, what's been your favorite thing you've done in the game outside, outside of being a player? Uh, I would say without a doubt, uh, um, you know, I was a minor league director for the Toronto Blue Jays and when I was the minor league director for the minor for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, I was fortunate. I, I had uh, Roy Halladay was one of the players that I had an opportunity to help develop. Orlando Hudson at the time I was in the minor leagues uh, with those guys with a third baseman that I shifted over to second base and he became an all-star second baseman. Uh, 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 Josh Phelps, who eventually got some major league time, was was one of my was one of my catchers. Jason Worth, um, I was able to convince Gord Ash, our general manager, to make a trade for him uh, when he was in, in A-ball. Um, and uh, because we had such depth uh, in, in, in our catching, um, I was able to, to platoon him some at first, some behind the plate, and eventually moved him to the outfield. He becomes a, a, a major league all-star outfielder. So you know, helping players develop, helping them accomplish their dreams and become major leaguers, um, have an impact on how they think about the game, how they play the game, um, has by far been next to playing um, one of the best experiences I've ever had. Well, you know, it's always an honor to have you on the program. A's fans love you. Thank you so much for the time and have a great broadcast tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. That's a great Dave Stewart right there. I never hear my counterpart here talk about how he won 20 games, three straight, uh, four straight years, and how that really did matter. And who cares that he won 20 games, four straight years? What, what, what does that matter? Uh, you always tell me he's a he, 
You always tell me Dodgers reliever. A Dodgers catcher <laughs> is what I call him. Hey, remember he told us that the Sandy, uh, oh. the Sandy story about the the fork or what was it the uh, split finger? Split finger. The fork ball was uh, that was Jack Morris telling us the story when he was here that he learned a fork ball here in the bullpen. In the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, Jack Morris, who ended up getting the Hall of Fame because of that fork ball, was struggling as a young tiger, and just started messing around with a fork ball, and it worked, and the rest is history. But he. He did it on that mound down the right field line. Can you imagine? I mean, I just can't even imagine the guy helping you with your pitching is Sandy Koufax. That's like one of the greatest stories I've ever heard a guy talk when he's talking about his career and that he still, Dave Stewart, keeps in contact with the great Sandy Koufax. I mean, think about that. Who changed your career? Who changed your life? Oh, that'd be Sandy Koufax. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that'd be like that'd be like me telling people people asking me that question, and I, I would I would say you, you know, the the guy that was on the video board last night for the Marcus Simeon tribute. Well, I try to do everything that I can for 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 the fans. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, a- I mean, I mean, you know, Stu was that first generation of players that started making some really good loot, right? Like all of a sudden. You're making three, four million a year. Ricky was up there. Jose was up there. Um, Will Clark. You know, certain guys started, and I'm looking at it. Like it was, it was the the '90s, the explosion in the '90s of the cable money, and all of a sudden he's making 3.1, 3.1, 4.3 with the Blue Jays. He made 4.3, 4.3. And then his last year with the A's, he made a million. That's a lot of money back in the early 90s. We now look at that in baseball terms as not a lot of money, but you were one of the highest-paid players back then making this kind of money. Mark Langston was up there. I mean, $4 million, that's nothing to sneeze at. That Blue Jays team was good. I mean, you heard you heard Stu mention some of the guys. Joe Carter. I mean, they had a lot of good guys on that he team. He forgot Kelly Gruber. There was a lot. Ed Sprague. Ed Sprague, yeah, Ed Sprague. Uh, A's uh, farm director now. Mm-hmm. He yeah, uh, Devon they, Devon White was a center fielder yeah. who could go get it with anybody. Al Leiter was wasn't Al Leiter there? Yeah, for some of it. I don't know if he was he there for the World Series. It's like the great question. Now. I'll have to pull that up. That 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 blue, those Blue John Olerud. You had Roberto Alomar. Waiting in the wings was the crime dog Fred McGriff. Then the, then the Cecil Padres, Fielder was there before he'd go over to Japan. Then the Padres trade uh, the crime dog, the Blue Jays? That is correct. They traded Roberto Alomar and Fred McGriff. No, no. Toronto traded to San Diego. It was Tony Fernandez and Joe – Tony Fernandez and Fred McGriff for Joe Carter and Roberto Alomar. Okay, yeah. Here's some of the guys on the 93 Blue Jays team. You already met some of the guys, but uh, With Jimmy Key, Jimmy Key. I'm looking at the position players. I don't see Jimmy Key. He's a pitcher. Pitcher. I'm always looking at position players. Then he, but he would have been on the '92 team. Uh, Jimmy Key is not on the '93 team. '93 team: Juan Guzman, Pat Hedigan, Todd Stoudemire, Dave Stewart, Jack Morris, is our starters. In uh, their bullpen, though, is a young Al Leiter. Well, not young. He was 27 at the time. But 27-year-old Al Leiter, he was 9-6. and six, But they're some of the position players they had. Um, let me name some guys off for you. Sean Green was a 20-year-old. 
He only played in three games. But Carlos Salgado was on the team. He only played in two games. Then you look at they had Paul Molitor, Turner Ward, Darren Jackson, now White Sox broadcaster. They had a lot of good players on these teams. Okay. Now I have the 92 Jays pulled up. You ready for this? Candy Maldonado, Dave Winfield, the Hall of Famer, was their DH and had the big hit in the World Series. A young Jeff Kent. I'm, I just saw that. At a cow. Alfredo Griffin. There's there's old Ed Sprague. Derek Bell. But so they had David Cohn, Al Leiter, Jack Morris, Pat Hinkin, David Wells. Boomer. Juan Guzman, Dave Steve, Jimmy Key, this, Todd Stottlemyre. This is a loaded, yeah, absolutely loaded team. Yeah, and you, and you think, too, um, David Weathers, remember him, a reliever. His son now pitches for the Padres, Ryan Weathers. So what they did was they flipped Hall of Famers because Winfield would leave and I believe go to Minnesota, and that's where he would get – he'd go back home and get career hit number 3,000. And they would replace Dave Winfield – with who? Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor, the Hall of Famer. I mean, he had back-to-back Hall of Famers as DHs. Uh, that's pretty good. There's some teams that can't even find a DH at all, and they had two guys who back-to-back years that were Hall you, of Famers. You want to know how good Winfield was? At the age of 40, Dave Winfield hits 290. I mean, that would almost win a batting title these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're pretty close, to be honest. So he hit 290, 26 home runs, 108 RBIs, and had an 867 OPS. He had the highest OPS of any starter, and he was 40 years old. It's fun to go look back. It's it's fun to go back and look at uh, hey. some old old teams, great teams. So the hey, they won back to back World Series. They were legit. The the uh, nine, the 2006 A's had Frank Thomas as their DH. That's a Hall of Famer next year. Mike Piazza, another Hall of Famer. Could stay healthy. Yeah, 83 games. What he hit? Uh, he hit. Eight homers, 44. He's still a 275, though. I mean, again, that could qualify for a batting title now in baseball. But uh, Old Mike was a little uh, thin in the tooth, as they like to say, <laughs> uh, back when he showed up with the A's. I'm just looking, now I'm looking now I'm on, on a deep dive on the 07 team. The, can you guess who led the team in home runs that year? For who? The a- 07 A's. Oh, boy. Come on. This is a layup. It's your favorite A's player of all time. Swish. He was second. Your favorite A's player of all time. They made a bobblehead for him. He went to Seattle after, and his career fell apart. Not Jack Cuss. Oh, Jack Cuss. Oh, God. (laughs) 26 homers that year. I love Swish. (laughs) I don't love Cuss. Remember how excited Swish was to be on the Hall of Fame ballot? Well, uh, doesn't everybody get on the Hall of Fame ballot if you've been been in the league for 10 years? Hey, but still, he's on the ballot. Yeah, I mean, mean, Mike Trout can be on the Hall of Fame ballot. I mean, he's probably going to go in, but I think he's officially going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot now because this is his 10th year. Ten years he's been in the league. That's remarkable. Oh, by the way, did you see Otani? Oh, he can't pitch because he got hit in the elbow, but he can still hit a double to the shortstop last night. Oh, and then he had a home run, but he can't pitch. But he can't Come pitch. On, stop. It's just it, – it's it, – it, it's, I don't I, – I, I, I want the strategy. Who's with the, who's with the Angels we can get on? Uh, Gallego, our friend of the program, Mike Gallego. Uh, him, Matty V, Matt Vaskersian. Well, I don't know if I want a broadcaster. I want somebody who's on the inside to be like, what is the game plan with this guy? Well, Vin- Vince told me to get Perry Menezian on, the, the GM. Get so. him on. I want. What are you doing? 
We just want to ask you one question. What's going on with Otani? Can you give me the strategy because I, I'm perplexed. I just don't get you're going to pitch him every six days, maybe, but he needs to be in your lineup every day. You have a once-in-a-generation talent here. You got a guy who hits bombs, runs like the wind, and throws 100 miles an hour. How are you going to capitalize on this to, 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 for him to be successful and for you to win games? And wait for it. They can't stop teams from scoring. Their pitching is terrible. Quintana pitched last night, and you know, he filled in for Otani. He stunk it up against the, the Rays. Now, Glassnow pitched well for the Rays, but, I mean, they can't get anybody out. John Hart and, and uh, Dan Plesak were talking about the other night. They want, they need, they, the Angels expect Dylan Bundy to be a number one. But he, John Hart said he's like a number four or five on any other team. He's, just, he's not the number one they want him to be. Well, that's why you needed to give all that money to Rendon. Yeah, who, who, I don't know if you saw what happened to him last night. He, uh, he fouled a ball off his kneecap. It did not look good. He, he had to, they had to help him off the field. Now, they, Joe, Joe Madden said he was a little sore, and he, you know, I don't know what the x-rays have said since, but it didn't look good. Doesn't sound good. Coming up next, Elvis Andrus right here on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, I got to think that what we saw last night for Marcus Simeon, that Elvis will get back in Arlington, Texas. I mean, he was a great player for the Rangers. Played in a boatload of playoff games, two World Series. Grew up as a man there. A fan favorite, right? Don't you think? I agree. Uh, hold on. Is that, is that Marcus taking balls or shortstop? Yeah. Wow. Boba Shett. They're making a change already? Are you saying Boba Shett's done? Uh, I don't think his career's over, but maybe, I don't know. I, I don't think the lineup's, I don't I haven't seen the Blue Jays lineup yet, but. Um, but yeah, I definitely think and, uh, Elvis should get uh, a very warm welcome back to Texas. They went to two World Series. What, he played in like 43 playoff games for them? 42, I think. Um, who's counting? Uh, but he, he was a big part of their success. Him and Nelson Cruz, um, Michael Young, Josh Hamilton. I don't know. I'm just throwing names out there. They're whoa, on those teams. Whoa. C.J. Wilson. Whoa. Marcus Simeon is playing shortstop tonight. There you go. Bo Bichette will be your D.H. Interesting. Okay, so what makes, who's playing second then? Kevin? Yeah, Biggio's playing second. By the way, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is struggling. I'm really worried about this kid's career. Uh, I, I, th- I, I think he needs to put the weight back on. <laughs> He's only hitting 356, seven home runs, 20 RBIs. I mean, this guy, this guy – that you're going to be listening to tonight here on A's Cast, or if you're watching it on NBC, NBC Sports California. Bad Vlad Part 2 has got a couple MVPs in his future. This guy, wow. He had three hits last night, didn't he? I mean, the guy can hit. I mean, he's coming to his own. I remember when people were mad that he was in the home run derby a few years ago. you got to showcase the young talent. This kid has talent. Yeah, he was three for four yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. I mean, I don't think he's at his dad's level just yet. I mean, his dad was an incredible hitter. Yeah, he's got a. It looks like he's got a little more plate discipline than dad had. As well, as as dad, I once saw hit a ball that hit the ground first. Yeah, he golfed it. <laughs> it was it was from his head to his toes 
anything was going for Vladimir Guerrero. But Junior is special. All right, earlier today, here's my conversation with Elvis Andrus. It's great to have you on the program again. How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. You know, the last time we talked to you, it was right after the deal was made, and you said one of the reasons why you love the idea of coming to Oakland is to win. And when you look up today at the standings, you guys have the best record in the American League. How does that feel? feel amazing, man. Uh, uh, you know, just being able to be in the top. And, you know, I think as a team, we haven't, we haven't hit the top yet. So really, really pleased and really blessed and happy, you know, to where we are as a team right now. And we know that we still got a, you know, a few months to go, but, you know, so far, so far, so good. You know, when you have a 13-game winning streak, obviously it's a situation where you feel like you can't lose coming to the ballpark every day. But once that streak ends, how important is it to keep winning and keep that momentum after the streak? No, it's important. I think that especially after the first, um, you know, the way it started the season, losing those six games, uh, and then winning 13, you know, it kind of like a roller coaster. The, the, you kind of don't want it that way. You want to be more consistent. But I think after that streak, uh, a lot of the guys were, like, actually relieved that they can go and, you know, concentrate and just, you know, continue the winning series instead of trying to win every single day, uh, which is still our mentality. But, uh, you know, it feels good, you know, to, to after that streak, uh, we've been able to win in series and, and play good ball. You know, you, you've been an Ironman so far, and when the last time we talked to you, you talked about how you change your workout routine, like you stopped doing squats and you, you change how you prepared for the season. Are you seeing the benefit of your off-season workouts? It feels better, for sure. I mean, I'm able to play every day, which is amazing. Uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do that last year through my back issues. So this year I've been able, you know, to, to go out there every single day. Uh, you know, it's been a challenging year because, like I say, I have to change everything, you know, from my workouts to, like, the way I'm approaching the game. And, you know, it's still uh, uh, progressing on that process. But uh, but I feel good, man. Physically, I feel good. And there's a few, you know, back-to-back day games that for sure hurt. But, uh, you know, as long as I can go out there and, and, and be part of the winning every single day, you know, everything matters. You know, your offense hasn't hit its stride yet, but how important is it that you always focus on defense because, obviously, shortstop is one of the most important positions on the field? It is, man. It is a, it is a two-way game. You know, it's not only about my offense, especially like you mentioned. You know, I haven't, haven't been able to click it yet so far this year, but, you know, just keep working hard every single day with a hitting coach and, and with the guys and, you know, just believing, you know, I've been doing, been doing this for too long and I know sooner or later it's going to happen. But defense has to be there, man. You have to, as a shortstop, you have to bring it every single day and, and, and do the best you can do to, you know, help preventing runs and, and maintain a nice infield. And, I mean, with this infield that we had, it's kind of easy to do it. Yeah, and, and, and I've been curious to ask you this because you played against the A's so much and you played against Chapman, you played against Olsen, and it feels like Jed Lowry has never left, and you played against Jed Lowry. What's it like now to be in the infield with these guys? 
it's pretty awesome, man. Uh, you know, those guys are pretty good. I mean, especially the corner guys are, you know, best of the best uh, right now in baseball. And, you know, it's, it's actually motivated me, you know, to to bring it every single day. Uh, those guys have so much energy and they bring it every single day to the table. So, you know, you feed off, you know, their energy and, and everything they want to accomplish. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun so far, man. Well, you heard what a great manager Bob Melvin is. Now what is it like to play for him? No, it's been amazing. Uh, now I get it. You know, it's, it's kind of like a small sample. Plus, uh, I kind of like a little upset that I haven't, that I haven't tried offensively. Because I want to make him, you know, I want to, I want him to see from, from his own eye, you know, from the home team, uh, what I, what I'm capable offensively, things that I did, you know, against him. I, I want to show him that so bad, but uh, it's been amazing, man. He, he's always relaxed. Uh, he's there to support each member of the team, and you know, he's not gonna panic. He's, you know, he's been done this for too long, and he knows how to trust their players, and and I think that's something that you don't really find. Uh, too often now in the big league. You know, it, it, you played against A's teams back in the day. They never ran. They never stole bases. And now this team is stealing bases partially because of what you've brought to the team. Just talk about how there's just been a, a big change on, on when you guys get on base, that stealing. It, it's been a lot. You guys are doing it. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure, man. I've been the. Yeah, that's one of the things that I asked. I remember uh, a few of the guys uh, in spin training and even to the manager, like, why why don't we run more often? Like, you know, it's not like we have the most speed in the league, but, I mean, you know, guys like, you know, Laureano, Kana, uh, and the rest, they can steal, man. They got they got really good uh, speed, and, and, and that's what we kind of, like, emphasize a lot, and, and they do it. I mean, without me being here, I know they – they really good at. They really do a good job on being aggressive on the base pad, and I think I just kind of like, you know, brought my experience and you know talking to uh, Laureano. He asked me so many questions in team training. I'm just trying to help, and you know, same with the same with the other guys, and you know, just being able to be there for them and show them that you don't need to be super fast, and it's, it's more about being smart and, and see the details when you're in the bases uh, and trying to pick everything the game gives you. It makes a lot, you know, it makes stolen the base a lot easier. And, and I mean, <laughs> Laureano took it pretty fast. I mean, he stole like eight bases in a week. And, you know, it's been amazing just see him and, and kind of stealing the bases. It's, it's, I love that, you know. That really gives me chills, you know, to see my teammates being aggressive and stealing bases. How about the past couple of days for Ramon Laureano? He's been a human highlight film. No, that kid is electric, man. Uh uh, and I always tell him, especially when we play against, uh, he always, you know, he loves to talk. He, it's not, it's not a surprise by by no one that he loves to talk. He loves to ask, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's such a great player. And he's becoming and getting better every single year. But he is electric, man. He can do it all. He can do it, you know, at defense. He can steal a homer. He can get anyone out on the bases, and at the same time, he can come up to the plane, hit a homer like he did a couple of days ago, steal a base, score from second. And, and 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 I think that's what makes him, you know, the player that he is. You know, he, he played with a with a great edge. He had brings a lot of energy to the table and you know I'm just hoping he can stay healthy and just continue to grow. Yeah, I, I got this stat on your bullpen. Your bullpen right now is six and oh with a two point two eight ERA 
and has converted all eight save chances. Just talk about playing behind these guys. How good the bullpen has been for you this year. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it's nothing new. I mean, believe me, I've faced them for the past three, four years, and every time you, you know, they hit the bullpen, it's it's, it's not good luck. It's, you know, it's not a good news for for the other team, uh, and they know that. They they work hard. They work at it. It's unbelievable. They're pretty tight in the bullpen. I think that's their biggest strength. You know, they're really tight. I've never seen a tightest pitching group in my career, you know, in my career like this one. And and they fit each other, you know, they help each other. They they if somebody's not doing good, everybody have their back, everybody's there for them. And I think that's one of the biggest qualities this team has. You know, we saw the ball club honor Marcus Simeon yesterday and it was pretty cool and I know you know Marcus real well, and it makes me think about you. What do you think it's going to be like for you to go back and play there in Arlington, Texas? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it, it was cool. It was cool to see that. It was cool to see the the love and the recognition from you know from your old team, like they did to Marcus yesterday. Uh, I mean, that kid did amazing things for Oakland the past few years, and he deserved it. You know, he's a great guy to talk and guy to watch grow also but I don't know man I don't know how it's gonna be for me uh it's gonna be a lot of emotion for sure you know pretty much my whole career there since I was 20 or like 17 years old there but uh I don't know you know I don't wanna I don't wanna uh move forward I, you know I, I need to stay day by day right now and then get my game going on and, and feel comfortable again and then we'll see when we get there in June Hey, well, it's great to have you on again, and keep it rolling, man, because you guys are winning a lot of games and a lot of games early, which is really going to help propel you through the summer. So be well, be safe and healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care, man. Have a good day. He's a really good guy, and let me tell you something. He's great for the clubhouse, and I know his bat hasn't gotten going yet, but right now you, you need him to lock it down on defense. And so far, he's shown us he's still a slick field and shortstop. I know he's made a couple errors, but um, that, that, that's the priority right now. Play defense. Are you ready for buying or selling? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Well, clearly you, uh, you wore Elvis out since you said he's not in the lineup today. You clearly wore Elvis out on the interviewer. Are you Are you saying I? T- it was only ten minutes. Yeah, that must have been ten ten minutes too much for Elvis. I mean, the guy's played like what he's played every game, hasn't he? Uh, I think he's played every game but one. All right, so he's played every game now. Two games he hasn't played out of the. This is game thirty-one. Uh, and Marcus Simeon starting a short, so I went back and looked. This is now his third full game of short. There was another game where he played three innings of short. So either the game he must have came in and played, or they took someone out, but. So uh, let's start with the old Metropolitans, and uh, this has nothing to do with Jacob DeGrom. Uh, thank uh, God, who once again. Uh, hey, hey, whoa. Once it's just, again. It's just side soreness or whatever it is. Once again. At least it's not his arm. the ball. At least, it's, at least it's not his arm. But he's not going to pitch tonight, and I guess you said he's going to have an MRI. But um, things aren't going as planned in New York as everyone thought. Uh, you were telling me they're going to win the World Series. The Mets are 11-12, third in the NL East. Wait a minute, what? You, you – you mean my Mets? Yeah, your Mets. I, I don't remember saying my Mets were going to be. In they're the World so bad Series. right now. I'm not even going to play. Meet the Mets. That's because I'm not even. I'm, I'm in a bad mood, a foul mood about what they're doing. 
they're third in the NL East, and they have a minus 13 run differential. Again, that whole division stinks when it comes to run stinks. differentials. Besides the Marlins still, who have a positive run differential. But they are the worst team in the division, record-wise. Francisco Lindor is struggling after getting $341 million. He's only hitting 163 on the season, and uh, after t that was after last night's loss to the Cardinals. Well, after the Mets' 23rd game, they made some changes. They fired hitting coach Chili Davis and assistant hitting coach Tom Slater. Oh, because it's Chili's fault. Yeah, and it's the assistant hitting coach's fault. The Mets have the 10th best batting average in baseball currently, but are last in the league, and wait for it, run scored. If you can't score, you can't win. Uh, tell ask Jacob DeGrom. He knows all about that. They're last in the league in homers. Remember, they only played – how many games was their record again? Uh, they've only played 20. This is game 24 for them tonight. But still, not very good. Luis Rojas is in his first full season as manager. Remember, he took over for uh, fired Carlos Beltran, who never had a win nor loss as the manager of the Mets after last season. So he came in and uh, took over from the Mets last year, and this is his first full season. Buying or selling, Luis Rojas will last the season as the Mets manager. Selling. He gone. Once you start firing coaches. Yeah, that's not good. Now, buying or selling, they bring Carlos Beltran back. Ooh, I mean, we saw the Red Sox do it. Huh? Steve Cohen likes to – he's unpredictable already, 23 games in, making changes. Now, were they really – Sandy doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would make these kind of changes 23 games into the season. And Buster Olney was not happy about it either. I mean, I saw some of his tweets about accountability and it's like pretty much saying how it's not on the on the, on the 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 coaches for the, the way they've been playing. Um, I kind of agree with that. The team just struggled. So has struggled. I mean, they put up five runs on Sunday and it went. I mean, their 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 offense isn't isn't there yet. Pete Alonso has played pretty well. They had that Sunday night game against the Phillies. They came back a while, but their offense just hasn't been there. Their pitching has been okay. Uh, and that's supposed to be their strength, but they keep having guys go down. But uh, I don't think I think if Beltran has to come back, I, I don't know who they look at. I don't know. I don't think Bill, uh, Bobby Valentine's coming back anytime what, soon. Bobby V. We uh, love Bobby V. Who was the manager before Bobby V? Who was the manager that? Took him to the oh I don't buying Ter selling Terry Collins Terry Collins will be back with the Mets no uh, yeah well I think he does TV for them but uh, we'll see what happens with the Mets now we discussed the strikeout rate in baseball after the month of April yesterday and it was alarming I told you it was like sixty nine hundred strikeouts to like fifty eight hundred uh, hits in the first month of the season now Bleacher Report did a good piece today on the state of hitting in baseball after more than a month's worth of games hitters are tracking toward yet another strikeout record by whiffing in. 24.3% of their plate appearances. They're also maintaining a 233 batting average, the lowest mark in, Lee, in the league's 150-year history. The league is hitting 1.16 home runs per game compared to 1.28 last year, 1.39 in 2019, and 1.26 in 2017. And 49.3% of pitches have been called strikes, and the walk rate is down under 9%. Uh, so we'll basically go back to the not dead and ball if the offense continues to struggle. Buying or selling, it's never been harder to be a hitter in baseball than it is right now. Well, according to this article that we both read today, that with the spin rates, velocity, shifting, I'm buying it. It's been harder to hit than ever before. Now, you could counter anybody with that while saying, well, if you try to put the bat on the ball and everybody, just, everybody stop with the launch angle, maybe things would be different. But... I mean, the reality is, people, you want to make the big bucks, you better hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, I agree. And we're looking at now, like, fastball velocity is even up to around 93 miles an hour. And spin rate, wait a minute, I thought they were cracking down on uh, 
banned substances like bullfrog and sunscreen and all that stuff. Spin rate's actually up this year, opposed to last year and years prior. So we'll see what baseball decides to do with offense being down. But the article I read from Jason Stark yesterday, he spun it as where it uh, don't be alarmed. Uh, the ball seems just fine. So I don't know who to believe. But if I had to believe anyone, I might go with the guy that's a Hall of Fame writer. No offense to the guy from Bleach Report. Who? Yeah, exactly. But his not the, the Bleach Report article is very good. Yeah, it's really good. And there's a lot of a lot of good uh, numbers in there. Yeah, okay. Numbers that I understand. Hit, hit, hitters are looking at another strikeout re uh, record, whiffing 24.3% of the time. Let me just give you a couple of things I highlighted. It, the ball is not going out of the ballpark like it normally does. This explains why the league is hitting 1.16 home runs per game compared to 1.28 in 2020 and 1.39 in 2019. Devin Fink of Fangraphs. I know he is. Who? Says losing home runs on batted balls with lower launch angles. That makes sense because, as he writes, quote, a baseball with more drag would, in theory, affects, affect these types of events the most. So, seems a little higher, more drag on the ball. And light, what, the ball's lighter. Yeah. I know, I think we have to get Dr. Wills on soon and uh, see what she's finding out about the baseball. She's doing like a pre, I forget what year she's doing now on baseball. She's going like way back now looking at even older baseballs. Uh, kudos to her because um, she's like devoting a lot of time to this. Maybe she'll be able to explain it to us someday. All right, I have to get to these two quickly. We know about the injury to Jesus Lazardo in the video game incident, but what about some of the other weird injuries? Joel Zamaya, former Tigers reliever, got hurt playing Guitar Hero. Uh, Trevor Bauer had the drone incident with the world before the World Series. Jeremy Affelt and the sandwiches and the knife. Jeff Kenton washing his car. Uh, there was Sammy Sosa and sneezing violently and being put on the injured list. But you're not telling the full story on Jeff Kent. I was, I was letting you get to that. Yes, he was popping wheelies on his dirt bike. Uh, there was also, uh, what about our good friend Steve Sparks, though? Did you, hear, did you see the one about him? My, it's my, it's my, one of my favorites. So he was trying to rip, you know, the strong man can rip a telephone book apart. Yeah. He was trying to rip a telephone book apart and dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. 28-year-old Steve Sparks never reached the majors. I cannot. Next time we have him, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like... <laughs> So buying or selling, Steve Sparks has the weirdest baseball injury of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Joe D? Uh, his, he went over that yesterday on during the broadcast, but um, I don't know. We weren't that Sparks. Right, we got one minute left. I have to get to this one. And you know, I feel we've done this before, but not, never on this day. Today is May 4th, also known as Star Wars Day. May the, force, may the 4th be with you. My favorite Star Wars character is Darth Vader. I have the shirt on, blah, blah, blah. I'll go through the whole thing. Now, Everyone's a big Han Solo guy, but I am not. I think he's overrated. I think he's a guy with a blaster. That's all he is. He does nothing. He, I love Harrison Ford, but come on, man. He does nothing. He does nothing for me. Buying or selling Han Solo is the most overrated character in the history of Star Wars. Are you kidding me? He's the greatest. No. Wow. Driving around in the Millennium Falcon. He's an intergalactic playboy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's the best thing I've ever heard. That's the best way I've ever heard him described by anyone. An intergalactic playboy. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm not. You know what? He's gone up a, little, a couple pegs to one <laughs> in my book now after that uh, explanation from you. Who do you like other than Darth Vader? 
well, if we're gonna go expanded, you know, I mean, The Mandalorian's awesome and all that stuff. Okay, but, you lose me. I, I only know the first three, uh, which I guess are the middle three. Uh, the yeah, that's four. I'm five, Star six. Wars, Empire Strikes Back, yeah, and yeah. Return of the Jedi. Uh, I mean, I like Luke and and uh, I mean, I named my dog Leia. I mean, come on, Leia, come on, Luke, Luke's soft. <laughs> Come on. Luke Skywalker was soft. Um, Can't we agree on that? Yeah. I mean, a little bit. Uh, no, actually, you have to watch The Mandalorian, which is on Disney+. Plus. He's uh, kind of a no, – I don't want to spoil it. There are fans of our Star Wars fans. I mean, are you really afraid of Mark Hamilton? Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Who also voices a Joker in, the, uh, in some of the Batman comics. But, yeah, that's all we got today. We're going to play David Forrest again. Because uh, I forgot to upload something to play. All righty. The general manager of your Oakland Athletics will be up next here on Ace Cast. We'd like to thank Fran Reardon, Dave Stewart, Elvis Andrus. Thank you for listening to Ace Cast Live. I'll be back at 540 with A's Total Access. Remember, the force will be with you always. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.